All right. So um, if you've got your Bibles or uh, if you're in your worship folders there, too, there's, there should be some notes in there. And so you can grab those out. And we're going to jump right into the text here this morning. Um, we'll be in John 10. So go ahead and, and go to John 10. We've been looking at, at the past three weeks. We've kind of been revisiting uh, our purpose statement and what we exist for and what we're trying to do. And one of the things that we want people to do is to, to know God. Um, second is to experience freedom. And the third is this idea of live with purpose. And so I want to talk about that a little bit this morning um, as we get into John 10 together. John 10, beginning in verse 11, says the thief comes to only still, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. Now, those of you who are used to coming to church uh, the Sunday before Easter, we typically call it what? Palm Sunday, right? And so it's the Sunday that Jesus he rides into Jerusalem and people are cheering and they are praising uh, Jesus and they seem to be excited because they think per- perhaps this great warrior or hero is going to be riding into Jerusalem. Uh, but as you keep reading and as we know, within four days, he's going to be betrayed by a friend and by Friday, he's going to be hung on the cross. And so it seems like everything is working out for Jesus. It's going um, great. And then by the end of the week, it's like, what, what happened? Well, we're going to look at John 10 here to kind of put all of this in perspective and just see how to apply it to our lives this morning. And then I want you to hear a testimony uh, by someone whom I believe these principles has changed their life. And so in John 10, what we see here is we see Jesus telling um, or giving us metaphors um, for what is taking place because of his life and his death and ultimately his resurrection and how it's going to impact our own. He begins it in this text by saying, hey, uh, there's a thief. Uh, This thief, we know if you've read through the scriptures, he's also referred to as Satan or the devil. Other um, adjectives given to him are slanderer, accuser. Now, if I were preaching a sermon, I might take time to explain to you um, why I I do believe like Satan is a real person and he exists. But I'm not going to take that time to do that. But I I do want you to notice here that if this is something that you struggle to believe, that there's somebody out there that is trying to get you to turn towards evil and even to sin, like if you actually. If you don't believe that or have troubles believing that um, by Jesus calling him a thief, uh, he's glad the thief himself is glad that you don't. Right. Uh, What does a thief do? He steals. And what is the best way to steal something? To be covert. Right. Like, have you ever tried to steal something and then announce it? it, it, it's, It's a bad idea. And so what is happening here is that Jesus says there is there is somebody here that is going to try to work their way into your life without you knowing it. And he's going to be he's going to be covert. He's a thief. Right. 
And, and, and Jesus says, just be aware of what this thief will do. Some of us, like even, we know this to be true because you have like, you have alarm systems for your house, right? And so what you do is you don't hide that you have an alarm system for your house, do you? What you do is you put the sign out front, say, hey, uh, I've got an alarm system so you can't break in here when I'm not here. Like, I'm expecting you. Or maybe some of you just put a sticker on your front door with the weapon that you will use, like if they come in. I've seen those too. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that like, a lot of you are prepared for thieves in your home, uh, but you know, our own hearts aren't prepared for him working his way into our lives. And so not only have like, you prepared your home so that you don't get robbed of your material goods, but Jesus is asking, like, hey, do you know that there's a thief that wants to rob you of the good things that he, Jesus puts in your heart? So he says there's a thief that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So this thief is going to try to work in your life, and then he is going to try to kill and destroy it. As we look at Good Friday, by the time you get to Thursday, what happens is what we're told is that Satan enters Judas. So Satan enters Judas, and what Judas does is he betrays Jesus. And Judas' betrayal of Jesus is what sends Jesus to the cross. He hands him over to the, to the authorities. And so Christ goes to the cross the next day. And then a couple days down the road, Judas' life is taken by himself. He grows to such despair uh, because of what he had done and turning his back on Christ that he takes his, his own life. Now, I hope that none of you ever reach the despair that Judas reaches here to, in, in the way in that he takes his own life. But one of the things that we are taught and one of the things that I do believe is that what the thief will do is that he will rob us of our joy. He will rob us of our purpose. And he will rob us of our perspective. This is what the thief is up to. Jesus, on the other hand, he says, hey, I've got something completely different for you. As he's riding into Jerusalem, this is what is on his mind. As he's going, I, I believe that probably even this analogy here is on Jesus' mind. And he tells the people, as he's teaching the disciples at this time, he says, I came. Right? My purpose is so that you might have abundant life. I came so that you might have a life full of joy, full of purpose, full of meaning, full of perspective. The thief might ha- try to destroy that, but not as long as you look at me. Because the second thing he goes on to say is that I am the good shepherd. He's calling us sheep, and so sheep are supposed to do what? To experience abundant life. They're supposed to keep their eye on the shepherd who loves and protects them and keeps them in his care. And so he says, follow me. And then he says, oh, by the way, like, not only am I the good shepherd, the one who was supposed to be followed, but I'm going to lay my life down for the sheep. I came so that they can have joy. I came so that they can have purpose. I came so that they could have perspective. But I also came to die. This is part of the purpose, part of the reason that Jesus entered into this world. And Jesus' death, we celebrate Jesus' death on a day that we call what? Good Friday, right? Day's Palm Sunday, Friday's Good Friday. Now, if, 
if you're not a Christian or if you're wondering, like, what is so good about Friday if Jesus died on Good Friday? Right? Like, it wasn't good for Jesus. You ever think about that? Who came up with that term anyway? Good Friday. Well, Friday is good. Friday is good. And Jesus declares it's good. And here are some reasons why, why I believe that Friday is good and why Christians have taught Friday is good. And here are three things that I believe that will change your life. Right? If you really understand them and apply them and to receive them into your own life. The first thing or the first reason why Friday is good is this, is that you can stop pretending. Right? Friday allows you to stop pretending. What I mean by that here is you are sinful. Right? Uh, you are messed up. You are broken. Without Christ, you are lost. And, and so you can stop pretending like you have your life all together. You can stop pretending like everything's great. Because the truth is, is that when God himself even raises Christ up on the cross, what he is doing is he is displaying all of our sins to the world. Christ on the cross is God declaring all of humanity as sinners. All of humanity is broken. All of humanity is in need of a savior. The beloved disciple named John, he actually had this to say. He said, if we, have, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. On the other hand, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The point of the cross is that God does not hide your sinfulness and neither should you. And so to follow God, one of the things that we should do is we should confess to God, we should confess to our sins, our, our, our sins to other Christians who are safe and say, hey, I need the Lord. I am struggling. So the first thing that we do to come to Christ is to stop pretending. And I've got to be honest with you, like, you know, I mentioned like Satan earlier, and it's, it's kind of hard to, to believe in that. But this is actually what this part right here is this idea of stop, stopping pretending and, and confessing that you are a sinner. This is what trips people up from becoming Christians. This is actually what keeps Christians from acting like Christians, by the way, too. This trips them up. Uh, not whether or not you can believe in Satan. But coming to this point in your life where you're ready to say, you know what, God, I'm not good on my own. I need you and I need a Savior. Christ died for our sins. So the first thing that Good Friday teaches us is that you're forgiven. The second or that is that... You can stop pretending. The second thing is that you're forgiven. Right? We're told that if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Right? You're forgiven if you confess. If you get to that point in your life, say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you. You're forgiven. And so you need to move past that. I don't know what potentially you're holding on to because you believe you're not forgiven and you can't get out of a particular lifestyle, but you can. Christ forgives you. And the third thing, because I want to get to, I want to get to our testimony here in a minute, minute, is that Good Friday is good because of Sunday. In John 10, Jesus says, I lay down my life only to take it up again. Next week, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection. The resurrection means, gives us hope. Like no matter how, how dark your life is, 
God can resurrect it. God can make it new. God can change it. And John, First uh, John one nine, it says that He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not only that His condemnation been lifted from us with Christ on the cross, but God actually makes us clean by changing our hearts when we decide to live for Him. Your life can be changed. You don't have to keep doing the things that you can, you've been doing. You don't have to keep denying Christ. You don't have to keep turning from Him. I wish Judas would have even understood this. Even the man who betrayed Jesus himself to turn Him over to put Him on the cross. If he would have confessed his sins and he would have repented and turned to Jesus, he could have lived. God would have forgiven him and God would have changed his life. I'm going to ask the Brad Cover come up here. Um, because he has a fantastic testimony that I'm just going to ask him to share. One of the things that we've been doing over the past uh, couple of weeks is um, we've had people and families sharing about what God's been doing in their lives um, as we've been celebrating the Generations Project and, and what God, uh, we plan to God continue to do in the future. So this is Brad Cover. Howdy. Um, yeah, you can clap for Thanks, Brad. Yeah. Uh, I'm also known as B-Red. That's what all the kids tell me, plus Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. If people don't know you, um, tell them about your family. Which so, you yeah, all that stuff. Um, basically, my family sits over here. A um, mm-hmm. big part of my family has been my grandmother. Her name is Brenda, also known as Mimi around here. Uh, she's amazing. You can wave, Mimi. Go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, um, also my wife, she's over here looking all gorgeous. <laughs> my son's here also, but he's in the children's area right now. Um so yeah, I mean, I started off. Uh, we go went, started going to. Uh, Your mechanic. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not steer yeah. away for now. You're fine. Um, I'm a mechanic. I'm a lead technician at uh, JD By Rider in Akron. Um, I also brought some notes, so maybe I should do yeah, that. Yeah, because I'll, I'll being on stage is super um, nerve wracking. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, Tell us, tell, tell me about your history here at the church. All those. So things. yeah, I've been going here roughly 15 years now, um, on and off. I wouldn't say it's very, con- uh, it's not consecutive. That's for sure. Um, I definitely have gone through some obstacles in my life that have steered me away, and there have been some people that have helped me, basically, you know, come back to the Lord, and the Lord has found me, and you know, we'll get to that point. But um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just go ahead and you can tell you. So, you yeah, got a plan, I mean, tell I, your testimony. Yeah. So, we started going to McNaughton Baptist uh, in Akron, and I was about, I think it was in fifth grade when I was actually saved. Uh, the funny story about this is uh, me and my grandmother, Mimi, we were going down to Florida on a, a trip. It was a train trip down there. And I remember being so young, she asked me, Hey, uh, have you ever been saved or have you ever asked the Lord into your heart? And I said, uh, no. She's like, would you like to do that? And I was like, of course, you know. Just a little guy. We're on a train trip. And uh, I'm down on my knees and she asked me and, you know, it was this whole big thing. And at that point, I, you know, I felt great about having the Lord in my heart. Um, funny story about that, too, is I also found out that um, sinning comes quick. I think it was like two days later, I stole $20 out of her purse. <laughs> uh, and she, yeah, she knows the story. We, we laugh about it to this day. It's hilarious. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
I think it was like a year later I was baptized there. Um, and then I think the pastor retired there, right? And then we moved. We were looking for a new church, and that's when we found Thomas First Church. Uh, and we've been here ever since. Um, so basically, you know, from there, we, I started growing with the church. Um, different things I remember definitely is IYC. That was the biggest eye-opener. Um, I bet you any of the youth could say that right now. Um, it was a great experience when you're just that young. And um, I think I came back and I said, man, Mimi, I'm never going to miss a day of church. And I think I missed like the next three, three weeks. Am I right? <laughs> and so you know, too, IYC is the International yeah. Youth Convention of the Church of God. And I think we went to Tennessee that year. Uh, it was pretty cool. We did all kinds of stuff. We went to some caves, and then uh, we saw, we, I can't even remember, honestly. We went to different uh, monuments and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Uh, fun experience. We went with a couple other churches, and yeah. Um, from there, um, I just want to say, Doug and Susan, if your youth are in here, these two are just pure. They're amazing people. Um, I've grown to love them over the years. Uh, I, you definitely couldn't ask for better people to be in the youth. That, you know, that's for sure. So I, I really appreciate these two people in my life. Um, there's a, other people that I'm going to be mentioning, so get ready, because honestly, this church is full of amazing people. Um, so, yeah. Tell me. Then okay. we'll move on to, because we're talking about the youth here, um, and then we'll talk about some of the issues that I've gone through here. Um, basically, when I was a freshman in high school, um, I started to steer away from the church, um, also getting involved in a lot of bad activities. Uh, and when you're talking bad activities, we're talking falling into depression, doing drugs, alcohol. It got bad. It got bad to the point to where I was actually uh, distributing drugs, and I was probably the most wanted man in Talmadge, honestly. Um, it got pretty bad. Um, and no matter how hard I tried to get away from it, no matter how many times my mother or, or my father had said, you need to stop, you're going to die, you know, this is, it, it just, I was so stubborn, there's no way around it at all. Um, and a lot of people look at me now and they're just like, you? You were on drugs? No. <laughs> I was definitely on drugs and, and it was bad. It got, it got pretty bad. Um, it got to about junior year to where I really, Finally, I think it was like a nine-month run on drugs. And then I met my wife. And that's basically where my, my life got flipped around. <laughs> the, uh, the Lord that definitely helped me there, um, which was kind of funny because uh, she's a, a Catholic woman, and her mother's Catholic, and uh, we've, we've gone through a lot. We've been together now for uh, ten years. Um, and we started date when I started dating her. Um, she hated what I did. She was around. She she knew everything I did, and she absolutely hated it, which was a push to steer away. Um, the event happened that I was still doing drugs at this time, and 
it was probably not even a month into dating Aaron, there was a drought. And it was like an eye-opener. Like, this is my chance. This is my chance to run away. This, this is where I could start a new beginning. Um, and when I say a drought, you can't find drugs at this point. That's, that's basically what you would call it this time. And I took advantage of it. And then not even three months later, um, three months later, Aaron was pregnant. So um, that's when little Brady Boo came about nine months after that. And it's been a journey ever since then. Um, when I was 17, I'm going to go through my notes here. Um, when I was 17, I moved out. We actually were living on Section 8 housing out in Kent. Um, it was it was a doozy out there. <laughs> um, and then from there, um, I decided to open up a pizza shop. You know, and I'm like, okay, we're moving forward. We're doing, you know, we're getting stuff done. But I opened a pizza shop during the recession. <laughs> so that was a horrible idea. One of my most biggest, one of my biggest mistakes. Uh, which is fine. It's it's a learning experience. You know, I don't I don't doubt that at all. It was fun. Um, I got to try something new, and then through the years, I've been in pizza for so long. I don't know what it is. I've always been a manager. I've been delivering pizzas, and then I started my own. And through that experience of pizza, your vehicle just takes a toll. And I'm that guy that just does not want to pay for a mechanic to work on my car. So I started doing all this stuff my, myself. My dad's very knowledgeable in cars. He's very knowledgeable in computers and, you know, anything home-related. Um, so I picked that up from him. And then I decided, you know what? We'll just end it with the pizza thing. Let's start doing cars, you know. And I ended up going to Ohio Technical College. And Erin was actually going to college at that time. She was going to Lakeland Community College to become a dental hygienist. So we had completely different career paths, obviously. Uh, she was going teeth. I was going to repair your car. <laughs> um, it's, it's ironic how everything works out at the end in this story. Um, at that time, I graduated. Aaron graduated. We were probably a month apart from each other. Um, I started working for this guy out in Akron, and she started working at Ellet Dental in, in Ellet. Uh, probably a month later, I go to leave my job, and my boss calls me, and he says, Hey, uh, my son's hiring at J.D. Byrider. Ironically, that's right next door to where my wife was working. So I was like, okay. So I go up there. I, I did three interviews with them, and, you know, they knew I was a new uh, new tech, you know, just just graduated from school. Um, and they said to me, sure, come on down. You know, we'll try you out. And then now here we are three years later. I'm their lead diagnostics tech. You know, I barely even get to work on the cars. I just have to figure out all the tough problems now. <laughs> so that's pretty ironic. Um, Go ahead. Well, I, I want to make sure that we get certainly to the meat of your story here. Um, so, through all of this, mm-hmm. your drug use, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you and Aaron and pushing through yeah. and getting new jobs, yep. 
um, you're still in and out of the church through all yes, of that? Yes, I'm still in and out of the What's church. What's keeping you anchored? No. Or who? <laughs> um, I was in and out of the church. It was kind of a weird period at this time with the church. Um, it was like Pastor Wimmer had left, and then you know, there was a transition where the church was looking for a new pastor at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point, to me, it was kind of boring. It wasn't very interesting. And, you know, there wasn't really structure is what it felt like, you know. Um, So I I kind of just steered away. Mimi would invite me, hey, come, you know. And I'd be like, she'd be like, hey, um, I'll buy you lunch. And I was like, okay. (laughs) You know, so so I'd come to church for some lunch at that point. And, you know, it was good to see everybody here. Um, But then... After, I think it was three, four years ago, she tells me, hey, come on down. There's this young pastor. You'd absolutely love him. And, you know, I I think this would be good. And sure enough, you know, I come and I'm just like, this guy is awesome. I think Aaron even remembers I came home and I was like, this pastor is going to be an awesome pastor. And I think it's funny because I don't think he's ever known that I've thought of him like this. But, yeah, I have this bromance for uh, Josh. <laughs> so, so when I asked that question, it wasn't a commercial for me. I was actually No, it, was, it really wasn't. He, was, he wasn't expecting any of I was, that. I was expecting him to talk about Mimi. All right. So. But, no, yeah, no, Mimi is, is the rock of our family. She is, definitely. But, no, it, it, you, got, you got backfired on that one, buddy. Yeah, so... So Mimi is Brad's grandmother. Yes. And and she is just one of a kind. She honestly, she will push you to church if it's the last thing she does, I swear. <laughs> Which is great, you know, because when my son is older, I'm going to do the same thing for him. You know what I mean? There's no better place to be than here. Um, it, it just shows that no matter how bad you think you have it and how bad... You're, you, you are depressed and um, everything else. God's there for you. And all you have to do is ask for help, and he will show you the way. He will, he will guide you through it all. And, you know, that's why I'm glad that I'm in the position that I am now to tell my testimony because, you know, it hasn't been all gravy for me. Um, it, it's been rough. And... Being 17 years old and having a child and and trying to figure out that life and raising him correctly and um, raising him to be a child of God is is tough as well, Uh, especially when you're still trying to figure stuff out yourself. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's when I started to get involved, and that's when things really started to change for me. Um, We're talking... Um, what do we have here? We have End Zone. End Zone was so fun. <laughs> I saw Whoop Whoop back there. <laughs> um, End Zone was so fun. Uh, I ran the Gaga Ball there. The kids loved me there. It, it's just a great experience. I, I say if you don't if you don't have anything to do Friday nights uh, when that's going on, come on down. It's amazing. Um, obviously, I, I've helped with the rummage sale. I don't know how I got away from it this year. Oh, okay. So I didn't get that email. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, helping with the, the rummage sale. And then uh, I also, obviously, cool day. 
But before there was Cool Day, there was another type of a, a thing we tried to do, and it actually ended up being on my father's home, which he was so appreciative of everybody's help there. Uh, completely de just demolished his outside of his house. Uh, trees were torn and paint on on the garage and painted the the back porch. I mean, it looked amazing, uh, and that's why I involved myself because I appreciate everything that this church has done for me and my family. I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, and then that led to Josh asking. I don't even know how that led to. I started doing co-ed softball, which, by the way, if you want to play co-ed softball, see me after this. <laughs> um, no, we have 24 people signed up right now, which is amazing. Um, before, we had so many people signed up that it, it got kind of hard to play. It was, you know, 15, 16 players. Now we're at 24 players, and now I'm doing two teams on, on co-ed softball, which is amazing. <laughs> I see Maddie back there. Um, so yeah, I'm doing co-ed softball, uh, and then I play with the men's softball on Mondays, which is great. Um, also, I don't know how this happened, but God just leads you to the most craziest things in life. And now I, once a month, am back there with the toddlers watching your children, <laughs> which is great. Which is great. Because yeah, we need more of those. We need guys. It's great. The kids love me back there. I feel like, you know, they swarm me. They're like, ah. Oh. So, yeah, it's great. I have, I have a blast with them, you know, and I laugh because my son's nine now. So it's like when I'm dealing with these two-year-olds, I'm like going back into the, back into the future here. <laughs> Brad, I'm going to say a few things here and kind of prompt you to, to maybe speak to a few different groups of people real quick. Um, so one is, you know, I, I think that you want everybody to know that you've been clean for 10 years now. 10 years. Um, and also, yeah, that, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and then also, you know, God speaks to you. And I was thinking in my head, I, I used to smoke tobacco still continuously. You know, it was kind of my edge. Um, but I'm like, you know, I see these youth, I'm at end zone. I don't want to be that influence. And now to Day would be 151 days from tobacco. I just went cold turkey. I said, you know what? Give it all up. <laughs> yeah, last year, I don't know, I preached a sermon on a particular topic or said something, and Brad came up to me and, and he said, hey, Josh, I'm going to go out to lunch with you. I need to share my testimony with you and where God had me once in my life and where he's brought me to now. So I'm hearing all of his struggles and everything that's going on, and he told me what he kind of told mm -hmm. you today. Yeah. And I'm, you know, blown away by it. I didn't know it, although I'm friends with a lot of the teachers at Talmadge High School. And so when they, when I tell them, like, yeah, I'm friends with Brad Cover, they always look at me like, who? <laughs> yeah, he goes to your church? Um, right. like, you know, like, praise God, he's saved yet. No. Um, but, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Brad about all these things, and he's, he's, sharing with me about this and so then I just asked him about his past I go well do you miss any of that like you know do you do you miss the drugs do you miss the right when you're selling or doing anything like that there's there's probably some adrenaline that kicks in I guess um I said hey do you miss all that and he said looked at me straight face and said not at all he said I would never go back to doing all of that and he said you know I just thank God that that I'm out of that um, and, you know, Brad's testimony, when we think drugs or, or whatever, we think that, that that's relatively maybe an extreme case. But there are 
I don't know where you're at in life or what's going on with you or what needs to be left behind. It could be something as simple as tobacco. It could be it could be whatever the way you treat your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad or just some any activity that you're involved in. Um, you know, you can you can turn oh, from that and, and you can turn from Christ and. Uh, Pastor Doug asked me, he made me, he wants me to ask you this question, and I, I think it's a good question. What would you tell our young people um, who are stuck in a lifestyle, they know that they shouldn't be in it, um, they're struggling, and they just wonder how to get out or if they can? I was super, super stubborn. No matter how much anybody told me not to do it, I did the opposite. Um, I would say, you know, trust in God. Um, as soon as you start to steer away, um, come back because he will he will save you he will keep you from doing the things that are bad in your life and he'll give you the strength to continue to to push those things away um, I'm, I'm just one of those lucky cases you hear on on television all the time you know there were 130 overdoses in Summit County you know and you're just like wow you know that could have been me you know so um, yeah just trusting God. I'll show you the way. But I also wanted to bring up this fact. Um, there's some people in this in this church that have really just been so amazing um, when it comes to some of these things that I do around here. One would be the office crew, um, Becky and Brenda, uh, with the scheduling and the sign-ups. You know, uh, it's it's absolutely amazing what they do around here. And they're just such a joy to be around. Um, some other people, <laughs> I don't think Dan's going to think that everyone's going to say this. Hey, Dan, how are you, buddy? So anyways, I see Dan at the gym, and this guy, this guy had actually uh, showed me the proper way to bench. He got me to my max. That's my new thing now is fitness. I love it. Uh, I'm a uh, mind, body, spirit guy. Um, but I, I think it's ironic we say that. Mind, body, and spirit. Because really it takes spirit to give you the right mindset to treat your body right. Am I right? <laughs> so yeah, Dan helped me out. Um, I'm at a, a 150 bench because of Dan. Thanks, Dan. He's, he's a great guy. Um, Don. Don does a lot when it comes to coaching. And he's also helped me with uh, the scoring for the men's basketball. That's one thing I forgot about. Let's not forget about span. Um, whenever I started to do the co-ed, uh, I ran into a gentleman. His name is Israel. He's also standing right here or sitting right here. Great guy. This guy is going to own a. He's going to have a church, and his family is just going to run this church of five thousand people. It's going to be amazing. Um, when I met Israel, he's just one of those guys too. You come back and you're just like so excited to meet. You're like. This guy is so awesome, you know, just super excited. Um, when I met him, we started to do sports ministry together, um, which is amazing. And we came up with this idea of calling it Christian Community Athletics. And now we started doing volleyball. Uh, we're doing softball again this year. We're trying to get involved with flag football. We're just trying to get more college and youth involved because the more that we can bring you in, the more prone they're going to be to come to church. If you see that great Christian attitude, 
it's addicting. It's addicting just as much as drugs, you know. If you see that great attitude between somebody, you're just like, oh, well, maybe I should, maybe I should come see what, what it's all about. See how these people can help me in my life. Um, thank you, Israel. You're an awesome friend. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's basically, oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's it. That's basically all I got for you. Yeah. Um, I just I just want to say one thing. Every day I wake up, I see on my wall, and I I have this, and I I just read it, and I'm just like, yep, that's that's it. And this is as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24:15, and that is what I go by every day. I wake up and I read that. I smile and I say, yep. For me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Because without the Lord, you know, I wouldn't be here today. It would be great. Thank you, Brad. Will you guys, will you guys thank Brad for doing this? How do you do? You know, here's what I, I hope people saw and heard today. Is that you have a purpose. Right? You may, I, I don't know why you're living or, or what you're living for or why, what, the reason in which you're doing it. But right, your purpose is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And um, God has called all of us to this, and just not all of us have stepped up to it. And uh, I'm so thankful that God called Brad uh, to follow him and has changed his life, and that people like his grandmother, like Mimi, and you in the church have continued to be there for Brad um, and encourage him uh, to continue to follow the Lord. Uh, when we see somebody like, like Brad, um, we do kind of see, one of the reasons I wanted you to share is because we kind, of, we kind of see somebody who really kind of had it rough and made some pretty bad choices that could keep you down. Um, and yet Christ pulled him out of that uh, through the help of his church and through the Spirit of God. And through Brad understanding, too, um, his own sinful condition and that he needed Christ's help in his life. Uh, you know, I got to, that was one of the things that he explained to me over our lunch a couple of years ago. Um, and so I'll, what I want you to know is, is that God, too, can change your life. Um, God wants to change your life. God wants to repurpose our life. He was selling drugs. Now he's taking care of our toddlers. Now, that might scare some of you. Um, that might scare some of you. Uh, but no, I mean, he's, he's free from that. Uh, this, is, this is life change. Uh, this is what the church is about. And you, too, are called uh, to be like Brad, in a way. Because insofar as Brad is like Christ. Right? Brad has rearranged his purpose in his life to serve Christ. Uh, Brad is serving the toddlers. He's running all of our sports ministries, pretty much. Him and, and Don. Um, he helps out with the youth. All of these sorts of things. He, God has repurposed his life. And we as a church want to help people repurpose their life. Uh, we want to help people have the abundant life that Christ has talked about. And so if that's you this morning, if, that, if you want that, if you're living for something just completely different than Christ, I want to challenge you to start living for Christ this morning by receiving his salvation through confessing your sins and allowing him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for... Uh, people like Brad, we give you thanks, most importantly, for your son, Jesus, who came so that we might have life and have it to the fullest. We do pray, Father, that 
we remember to have life to the fullest, that we do have to follow the good shepherd, that there is a thief that has come to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. And so, Father, we pray that you help us to resist him by the power of your spirit. I pray that if there is somebody here that thinks um, that, hey, it's too late for me, I, I, I can't follow Christ, he won't forgive me, I pray that you remind them of, of 1 John. That no one is too far gone. That as long as we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so in our hearts today, Father, might we make that commitment to confess our sins, to give them to the Lord Jesus Christ, to receive His forgiveness and allow Him to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to allow Him to guide our lives and our hearts so that we turn away from our past and we turn towards the future with Christ. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.